Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Thanks for listening to the Primetime with Isaac and Souk podcast. Brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Noon at the tone. Pacific Daylight Time will be. It's 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. One step closer to my own personal hell. This is Primetime on Sports Radio 1080 The Fan. We expect the best. We're not afraid to break someone. Do you hear me? Primetime is your source for the best in local, regional, and national sports. Go ahead and clap. Mediocrity deserves applause. Isaac Rob. I'm miserable. I had to get up at 10 o'clock this morning. Jason Sakanik. I'm a dude playing the dude disguised as another dude. Primetime on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back. 507 on the fan. What's up? It's Rop. Hope you guys are having a good day. Suh. Sada. Big Souk is still on vacation. His uh, next appearance on the show will be December 30th and 31st. He's coming in to do some Rose Bowl previewing for you. Uh, Joe Fisher is in today for Jeff Rust, who was in for Mike Lynch. You are third on the depth chart. How does that make you feel? Oh, I mean, that's a matter of scheduling and everything. I mean, I, I consider myself a starter oh, every day of the actually, week. Actually, yeah, you are ahead of Rust, but. <laughs> well, I mean, the holidays, I am asked by, for a lot of stuff here and the other job as well. And, what do you um, do at Bose? Yes. Um, You're a Bose I bro. work at the Bose store in downtown Portland, slaying bro. audio. Damn. And, um yeah, they, they treat me well. I'll, right. say, I'll say that. That's good. But, um, yeah, this time of year is always hectic, and it seems like uh, the last couple of years things have getting, gotten even crazier over here as far as what they've needed. So, yeah, Jeff Rust, he's been able to jump on a lot of the pilot stuff. I've heard it. I heard his uh, hot Subaru takes last night. Yeah, he got him stirred up yesterday. I love that. I heard your guys' merge talk. I know exactly what part of town you're well, talking Jeff, about. Jeff Rust filled in for Lynch yesterday, and he said that all Subaru drivers are either idiots or a-holes. And I did and drive. And boy, that stirred, stirred him up. I dro- uh, drove a Subaru for a very short uh, period. Interesting, okay. And I think during that... Uh, time period, I'd consider myself somewhat of a, a somewhat of a douche. Probably yeah, there yeah. you go. I was a little bit too proud See? of the fact that I had a Subaru. It's fact. And uh, yeah, you just kind of get this aura about you. <laughs> well, I tell you what, um, maybe someday we should put together the 1080 the fan power rankings of all of our talent. Oh, you know? really? Yeah. A talent in what? Just a talented human being in general. Yeah, like who's who's the. <laughs> Who's the top guy and who's the bottom guy? Who's the BMOC? Yeah, man. <laughs> sure as hell ain't me. It's probably Swigard. Swigard runs this whole thing. He's still here. Yeah, that's. I was actually wondering that myself. What is he doing? Uh, that's a good question. I think he was getting things set up for the Ducks basketball tonight, right here on 1080 The Fan at 7:30. Who are they playing tonight? Some crap. Yes. Whoa. Team. Don't talk about Montana Grizzlies that way. Oh, the Grizz? <laughs> All right. They're four and five. Well, hey, Oregon's got the second hardest. We talked about this the other day. Second toughest strength of schedule in college basketball this year. Really? Yeah. 
because they played in that battle for Atlantis. They played North Carolina and Seton Hall and Gonzaga, and then they went and beat Michigan, the whole thing. Well, anyway, um, here's what we have going on, you guys. This is my last show. I'm going to be out of here for vacation. I actually spontaneously combust at 7 p.m. tonight, and uh, I'll be returning on the 2nd of January should they put me back together. But um, So let's let's make it count. Uh, The club, we're going to have our rap battle. It's going to be freestyle rap battle between me and uh, Joe. You know, I, I used to dabble writing raps back in the day. I used to do hip-hop, as our uh, mm-hmm. P1 Edward would say. Mm-hmm. And I could maybe uh, try and dig up some raps I wrote from years ago. They might be saved in the Gmail somewhere. I was somewhere. just kidding. There will be no rap battle. <laughs> I will have the Beloit College mindset list for the class of 2019. Also, you're a burglar, but you only steal things to mildly inconvenience your victims. What do you take? We'll discuss this. And if we have time, there was a really interesting article written in the New York Times, and it's about our political divide. And it's about how we feel like it's city slickers versus country bumpkins. You know, we, we kind of feel like we vote along what, you know, like the cities, the coasts versus rural. But it's not. This New York Times article was really interesting in looking at how we vote, and uh, we'll dig into that if we have time. I want to dig into that with you guys today. But uh, I don't know. Time is of the essence, so we better get rolling. Uh, Let's get to uh, wrapping up some recruiting talk in our next segment. Some NBA changes, big NBA changes could be coming. Uh, That's coming up this hour, but right now, the Hot 5 at 5. Hot topics, hot opinions. Oh, golly, I'm hot today. And hot air. It's time for the Hot 5 at 5. That's hot. The Hot 5 at 5 on Primetime with Isaac and Sue. No, I mean it. That's very hot. The Hot 5 at 5. Refreshed on the fan by Frostbrewed Coors Light. Hello? Please forgive me. Ain't nobody got time for this. Oh, hell no. Seriously? Number 5. Number 5. Legendary football coach Hayden Fry has died. He was 90 years of age. He spent 20 years as the head coach at Iowa, among other stops. He won three Big Ten titles there. Uh, his coaching tree is what's truly legendary. Everyone from the Stoops brothers to Bill Schneider to uh, Bar- uh, um, what's his nuts? Who's the Wisconsin guy? Barry Alvarez was on there. So rest in peace. Hayden Fry. And I think he was also uh, from the show Coach. You know, he, he was the inspiration behind the show Coach. That was Hayden Fry. As I become older, I... Do you even know what that is? No, I don't. I was just oh, going to tell F-C. you, though. As I become older, I like learning more and more about these old the coaches. The old guys? Yes, I love it, man. Why? Because this is what laid the foundation. It's like talking to, like, old war veterans, you know? Oh. I remember back in 1967... Yeah. I was coaching this guy. Hey, man, nothing but respect for Hayden Fry. He was greatness. Yeah. He was greatness. I have homework tonight. What? Number I'm going to look four. up oh, Hayden Fry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go read, go read about <laughs> Hayden And then go watch the show Coach based off Hayden Fry. Um, college football playoff news. Rumors had been swirling, and they are true. Three Oklahoma Sooners have been suspended for the Peach Bowl against LSU. Ramondre Stevenson, Ronnie Perkins, and Trajan Bridges. Stevenson is the team's third leading rusher. He has 515 yards. 
Perkins is their starting defensive end. He has six sacks. And Bridges is a receiver who's only caught seven balls, so whatever. But uh, there's really no word on what they did. Uh, Stanford is losing quarterback K.J. Costello. Yeah, that just came across the wire a couple minutes ago. That. He'll be a graduate transfer. He's entered the transfer portal. That, by the way, is the 13th Stanford Cardinal who has entered the transfer portal since the end of the season. That's unbelievable. 13. And I was just looking at the recruiting rankings. They they got a pretty good recruiting class. They got a top 25 class this year. Yeah, they were third in the Pac-12. Yeah. Number Interesting. Blazers-Warriors tonight. Hey, that's a matchup that would have been cool last year. Right. <laughs> you forgot that was going on, didn't you? It's at Re- the Moda Center. Revenge time for the Blazers. Yeah, they got to <laughs> avenge that early season loss. That stinger. Golden State is 5-23. and 23. Yeah. But as Joe are. said, one of their wins was over the Blazers back on November 4th. Here's a stat for you. You ready for a good stat? I'm always ready for a stat. The Dubs forced 29 turnovers the other night against the Kings. Yeah, 29. Jeez. They lost by 21. <laughs> of course they did. That's unbelievable. Seriously, if you want to have some fun and like a who the hell is that, just look at the Golden State Warriors roster. Well, they have D'Angelo Russell, right? Isn't he him. playing? Yeah. And then who else? Like, I couldn't name another guy in their lineup. Steve Kerr? He's coaching. He probably could play for them at this point. Seriously, give me their starting five. Can you look up their starting five? Oh, God. I mean, I don't want to, really. I mean. Could you please, though? <laughs> I, it's going to be gross. I don't want to look at it. Tom Coughlin is out as head of football ops for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, <clears throat> this is probably not a shocker. Look, he, he passed on Deshaun Watson and, and Patrick Mahomes, even though they didn't have a quarterback. Uh, the Foles thing hasn't worked out. He he basically torched a a a Super Bowl level defense in the matter of two years. He forced out Jalen Ramsey, and then on top of that, he's like the biggest enemy of the players. Like the players' association hates him. Like twenty five percent of their grievances, I guess, uh, filed by the players association were against the Jaguars because of him. And the salary cap there is a mess, at least for the next two seasons. They've tied up like $88 million to Foles, I think. So, um, yeah, it's just time to go. Bye-bye. Tom Coughlin out as VP of the Jags, and that likely means that their coach is right behind him. Although they did beat the Raiders the other day. So who knows? But uh, Doug Marone likely out too. And number one is that it is National Signing Day, guys. Uh, National Signing Day. Now, it used to be in February. They will do that. They, I guess that's National Signing Day too. Um, still, but um, this is really where 80% of the recruits sign to play college football next year. And the Oregon Ducks did get the number one inside linebacker in the country. His name is Justin Flo. That was really the big news of the day. It's actually making national headlines. He chose Oregon over Clemson. So uh, they got him two five-star linebackers in the class for Oregon. Uh, Andrew Nemec, uh was on earlier. He's of Oregon Live, big recruiting a guy here and he said that the Oregon class is only ranked 16th nationally that's because it's top heavy they are short on linemen uh so they they drop down to 16th but they are they have some real studs coming in at the top of the class uh their class ranks number two in the Pac-12 behind Washington 
And as I said, number 16 nationally. Now the Beavers ranked 47th nationally, but they hit the Juco ranks hard. They did land a big dual threat quarterback named Chance Nolan. And I would like to report to you that that is a great quarterback name, Chance Nolan. Uh, So Washington, number one in the Pac-12, Ducks, number two, Stanford, three, UCLA, four, Oregon State ends up eighth, and USC, believe it or not, 12th out of 12 in the Pac-12. He, um, Nemec was saying that they didn't land one of the top 25 kids in California to USC. Insane. That is so, uh, but hey, they retained their coach. So, and they kept Graham Harrell. So there's that. There's that. Yay! The Hot Five at Five is refreshed by Coors Light. Enter to win tickets to a Blazers home game and a two hundred and fifty dollars gift card to the team store wherever you buy Coors Light. Coors Light, made to chill. Uh, let's recap National Signing Day uh, coming up next. It is uh, five eighteen on the Fam. Prime time with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. So I'm looking through the recruiting rankings here on uh, 247 Sports. Kansas beat Oregon State out by one spot. They've got Kansas 46th and Oregon State 47th. Although Nemec said that Oregon State's best kid was a transfer from Auburn, defensive end, and those uh, transfers don't count in these recruiting rankings, so they should probably be higher. But Oregon State, Oregon State had a pretty good uh, recruiting class. They're 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 getting it together, man. And uh, Smith's going the JUCO route, which I think is great. And they got the um, they got the I think the Chance Nolan kid's a JUCO kid, isn't he? Yeah, um, I don't know what school it was he was coming from. I just know that their mascot was the Gauchos. That's what stuck out to me because that's a cool mascot name. The Gauchos. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I'm down with that. And they had cool colors, too. And I just, I was like, ooh, okay. Chance Nolan. What a great quarterback name, right? He's destined to be a quarterback, definitely. Yeah. Right when they sure. named him. He's no Carter Stanley, but I will th- say that's though, the KU kid. I am I was uh, surprised to see Oregon State in the top 50. You normally don't look <clears> at these <throat> rankings until this time of year. And over the last four or five seasons, it's I feel like I've been seeing them in the 80s, 90s ranges, even the hundreds, just not, not even in there. And Andrew Nemec even said that they landed one player in the top, like, 700. Yeah. Or high, high, high school. school. High school player, right. Yeah. So of the top 700 high school players coming out this year, they only got one of them but still had a top 50 class. That that goes to show how strong they are on the JUCO. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think if you're a Beaver fan, you're feeling pretty, pretty good about where they're at. It's going to take some time. But uh, on the field and in recruiting, I think you're – you're okay with it. Most uh, definitely. The improvement over the last couple of years and having a coach that what played under a coach that did it the same way, essentially. We kind of have to do it that way at Oregon State. You Most know? definitely, yeah. And they're ahead of Utah. They're ahead of Washington State. They're ahead of Arizona. You know, they're ahead of USC. So... One of the um, bigger surprises in the Pac-12, you've seen Colorado at six. Yeah, I've I've been reading about Mel Tucker apparently is uh, a badass. Yeah. And is not. Clearly. An, he's an animal. Not six nationally, by the way. We should clarify. In the Colorado Pac-12. is sixth in the Pac-12. Yes. Uh, I'm looking here to see where as that. As far as nationally, I want to fall. I want to say it falls in the 30s range. 34. Yeah, yeah. They're right behind Cal. You know, here. okay. So here's, here's, here's the uh, Pac-12 rankings. Well, first of all, let me give you the top 10, and this is going to stun you. Uh, So hold on. But um, Clemson is number one. 
Oh, what? Ain't nobody got time for that. Clemson is number one. Shocker. Uh, and as you put it, I, I want you to repeat what you said earlier. We're all going crazy because Oregon got two five-star linebackers. So they have two five-star kids, which is huge. I mean, the five-star kids, you know, those are few and far between. There aren't that many of them. Oregon got two of them. Clemson, they have eight of them. Eight in the top 48. Yeah. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. So eight. six extra guys who are just absolute ballers. Not seven. Not nine. Six. Or eight. I mean eight. Wait, eight. nine. Yes. Ten. But you know what I mean? Six more than Oregon. So like, it's like you line up against them. It's just like they're just – this is what – Alabama's two, Ohio State's three, Georgia's four, LSU is five. Shocking. It's crazy, man. It's the same every year. But what are you going to do? Uh, here are the top classes in the Pac-12. Washington. 16-team playoff is what you do. Get yeah, Memphis mixed in there. <laughs> even – even God. But see, here's the thing. You keep expanding that playoff. You know who that favors? These guys, those same big boys. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you roll everybody. The more games you have to play to get to the championship, the less likely any team other than the major blue bloods with the best recruiting classes is going to win. Oregon can beat Ohio State on any given Saturday, but if they have to then beat Alabama and then beat Clemson, Oregon's not going to do that. Right. You know, uh, uh, Utah's not going to do that. Who else? Baylor's not going to do that. It's just, so that's, I don't know. But college football, I've always said this, and it's like, it just, I guess it just doesn't matter. We love college football. I love college football, but it is the most, if, if, if you're a fan of parody in sports, which is why I love the NFL. Not the sport for you. College football's the worst. Yeah, it is. It's the absolute worst. It's the haves and the have-nots, and we all know who the haves are. Uh, but it is fun to, you know, to see how good you can get. And and look, Oregon's gotten close to national title games. And and I think if you're an Oregon fan, you're feeling good today, man. They've got a good recruiting class coming in with some studs on defense. Uh, you got a stud quarterback coming in and this Butterfield kid. So it's, it's exciting times at Oregon. And that's not to say you're going to win a bunch of championships. But it's also like, hey, you know, lace them up. Let's see what happens. This thing's trending up. You got to be feeling good. You're, it's you know they're flexing on uh, social media with Oregon. Oregon is the 16th ranked class in the nation. Washington actually has the number one class at number 14. Uh, Washington sandwiched in between Penn State and Tennessee, and then there's Oregon. Um, then Stanford is third in the Pac-12 and 22nd nationally. Then uh, UCLA, Chip Kelly, nice class, 28th. Uh, and fourth in the Pac-12. Fifth in the Pac-12 is Cal at 33rd nationally. Colorado sixth at 34th. Arizona State uh, seventh at 35th. And then um, you get down to uh, Oregon State at eight. So those are your, and then Utah nine. Those are, those are your Pac-12 rankings so far this year. And then the, rounding out the top 10, just in case you were wondering, uh, again, you can probably guess, but Six is Texas A&M. There's old Jimbo. Seven is Auburn. Eight, Florida. Nine, Oklahoma. And 10, uh, Notre Dame. So that's the same schools. But um, there you go. Recruiting. Boom. And Oregon's, you know, Oregon's five stars. There haven't been too many of them. I mean, Cameron Colvin was a five star. 
Uh, Jonathan Stewart was a five-star. Of course, Haloni Nada was a five-star. Kevon Thibodeau, five-star. And now this flow kid. And I think they got this. Didn't they? Aren't they going to get uh, the man <clears throat> Manning, the cornerback as well, who maybe is he the five-star? I don't think he's five-star, but he's a top 50 recruit. And that may help their class. So Oregon, this isn't done yet. This is only 80% of the way there, but Oregon may get that kid too, and that, that could uh, bump their class up over Washington and be the number one uh, class in the Pac-12. But it's crazy to think that USC is uh, 12th. They're 12th out of 12 in the, in the league. All right, when we get back, um, the NBA is mulling major changes. Let's talk about them. 528, here's Joe. Prime time with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. So I scrolled all the way down to the end of the recruiting rankings just to see who the worst Power 5 schools were. And Arkansas appears to be the worst. Boy, what a mess they are. Well, hey, they were able to get a duck to flip to them today. Were they? Yeah, four-star DB Miles Slusher. Been saying it in my update. Yeah, well, I don't listen to your updates. I know. And I also don't really care about recruiting all that much, but uh, I know the I know the listeners do, so I, I want to give them you know, a little taste. Arkansas is uh, 88th, and I'm just saying I'm saying this because I want to put in context how bad USC's class is. Right there in L.A., um, uh, Missouri is second worst to the Power Fives. Thank God. Screw them. They're 80th. USC is third worst of the Power Fives Ugh. at 78. Man. Oh, my God. 78. Unbelievable. <laughs> so Oregon got this other quarterback, too. Yes. What's his name? Uh, I've been saying it in my update. Yeah, again. Give me give me again. Uh, Robbie Ashford. Okay. So they've got Ashford. Robbie. Bob. Bobbo. Millen. Butterfield. And Shuck. Yes. So I saw the athletic studied the top 50 quarterbacks from four different classes from 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017. And they uh, noted that 50%, uh, 57% of the, of the top 50 quarterbacks left their original school. So if they, if, if they're a top 50 quarterback and they don't start at least one game in the first two seasons, there's a 75% chance they're gone. Now, none of those four quarterbacks that Oregon has are top 50 guys. Top 100, but not top 50. Um, but I thought that was interesting. So I, I just wonder like, how Oregon's quarterback situation is going to shake out. And a lot of people are wondering about that because Herbert's gone. So it's going to be Shuck next year. And then it sounds like Butterfield is probably going to be the guy that uh, that pushes that pushes Shuck. And how Millen uh, factors in, we'll have to wait and see. But Yeah, Jim Mora was hyping up Cade Millen today on ESPNU after the Justin Flo commit, so I don't know about him. But, but it's just hard to keep any sort of um, quarterback depth. You know, I mean, this is it's like I, this article was suggesting that um, some coaches are are going out there and signing these three star kids that they would normally sign just so that they can get other kids into the quarterback room and have fallbacks because all these other kids are going to transfer if they if they're not if they're not if they're not starting. I mean, we've got. Felipe Franks, Jack Allison, and Jack Sears. Sears was at USC, Franks at Florida. I, Jack Allison, I think he was at West Virginia, but they were uh, all top 50 quarterbacks um, who are currently in the transfer portal. I mean, we don't have to tell you that 
the last three Heismans have been transfer quarterbacks. Uh, two of the four college football playoff teams have transfer quarterbacks. It's just the kind of the nature of the game now, you know? And um, so it'll be interesting to see. Oh, and then USC's, uh, J- you know, JT Daniels could be on the move. He's a top 50 guy, I think. ASU just lost uh, Joey Yellen, Arizona State. Utah just got Jake Bentley. He was a top 50 kid. Uh, I think he was might even, maybe even a top five quarterback. Uh, Bentley was at South Carolina. He's now going to Utah. So, um, yeah, you have to think that as Oregon kind of plays out the the quarterback position over the next couple of years, uh, a couple of those four guys will be gone. Well, uh, Terry Wilson, you want to talk about, about a, a former Oregon quarterback. Terry Wilson was one, and then he transferred to Kentucky. He didn't play this year because he had a knee injury. but He was their starter for a while. Last year, yeah, he started for them when they had Benny Snell, and he was Kentucky had a great year last season with them as a quarterback. Uh, I, I want to say that Kyler Murray was even close to being an Oregon guy at one point. So obviously not a transfer. Kyler Murray? Yeah. Because he was between Texas A&M. I thought it was and, Tua. Uh, Tua, I think, was also another one. I think that Kyler Murray was close, but he just ended up doing wanting to do baseball, but then that all changed. But basically what I was talking with Andrew about is offer as many of these dudes as possible because if you just have a quarterback room of four, five, top 100 quarterbacks over the last, one of those has got to hit, right? Like you, if you have that a much talent, there's got to be one of the four guys that you have in there. You would hope, <laughs> right? But if you have them all within, you know, you have uh, Shuck a junior, you have Millen who's going to be a sophomore. Shuck's going to be a junior. Yeah, yeah, he, he's been there a couple years. Unless though. they redshirted him, which they might very well might have, so he might be a redshirt sophomore, but. You, you've got a group of unknowns, so fingers crossed that one of them hopefully figures it out. And with freshmen taking over the game as much as you've seen nowadays, could be maybe one of the freshmen coming in. Who knows? Yeah. All right. That's enough recruiting talk here. No, no, it's not. That's enough. Call Andrew. See if he can come back. He did a whole show. By the way, <laughs> I was just looking at, um, I just popped open Twitter, and now I'm stuck in the middle of these people bitching about Nemec on there. Oh, God. Can you remove yourself from a convo on Twitter? Yourself? Yeah. Like, oh, like you were tagged in it. And... Yeah, I'm in it. And, and I, I, I'm i like, what? how did I get involved? <laughs> how am I in this? Oh, I'm in this. And they're bitching. Like the Beaver fans hate Andrew Nemec. Right. They hate him. But I, I, would def- I would defend him in one way. I mean, I don't know why. Maybe this goes, see, look, dude, I'm not in these chat rooms. I, maybe Nemec hates Oregon State and you can lay out the case and I would – I, I don't I don't know, man. All I know is I think it's funny how Oregon State has just horrible recruit I mean like twelfth out of twelve in the Pac twelve recruiting classes. What is I mean, like what is the guy supposed to say about their classes? Like Oregon State has had some really, really bad things happen in recruiting. And so what's the rec- is the recruiting guy supposed to so the so the Beaver fans all hate him. And they just think he can't get off Oregon's jock. But Oregon has had a lot of good things happen. So he's just saying that. I, I don't know. Truth don't hurts, know. man. He may be biased. I don't know. I don't think he is. He doesn't sound like it when I talk to him. He just knows his stuff. But it's crazy, man. These people, these people go after him. Like these Beaver fans hate him. It's unbelievable. You guys got to calm down. You guys, guys got to smoke some weed. <laughs> Just go down to Eugene, get the good stuff. And you're right. Some of it is just the truth hurts. This is how I feel about Blazer fans. There's a lot of Blazer fans that just cannot handle a a just normal, like, 
unbiased opinion about the team. Well, I think also the whole it's unbelievable the whole fandom thing to me when I look at a team and if I, I'm if I'm mad at my team and I'm upset because things aren't going the right there, that's because I clearly care enough about them to make changes right to start doing things right. And so if right. I hear someone saying they're not recruiting it as well, they're not doing this, they're not doing this, and because of that, they're one of the worst teams in the conference. Sucks to hear, but like you said, Andrew yeah. knows his stuff. He's on top of all of this. I think there's two types of sports fans. And I think you and I are in the same ty- same class of sports fans, same type. That there are some fans that just everything needs to be positive. And like they just don't they don't understand a viewpoint that is critical, but also critical to the point of like, oh, that that's a good point. Maybe they should look into that. Or like the like I feel like you get better with criticism yeah you know i mean it 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 helps you got to look at these things and in sports talk you just you throw out criticism and it's just immediate there's a there's just a a a, this is any fan base will immediately dismiss it because it's critical and that's fascinating to me i'm not like that i i want to hear uh like i'm i'm like the guy who hates kansas i love kansas basketball like that's my team right right and the royals are those are my two most passionate fandoms and I will sit and trash them when they play. Like, I hate watching them play. I'm like, this team sucks. And I'm texting back and forth with my friends and stuff. Like, what do we need to do? And then, like, Royals, oh, God, they signed. He sucks. Like, but there are other people that on the in the other group that are just like, everything's got to be, like, the greatest thing. Right. And they can't hear anything. I am fascinated by that. I guess it's just the way we're wired. Oh, yeah. You're either one or the other, but... Um, I, I am, there's nothing wrong with a little constructive criticism. And why are you so sensitive when it happens? Jesus. <laughs> I am the friend in my group of friends, as far as when it comes to blazers that likes to, like you said, just say how I think it is as far as, well, this is not going well. Yeah. They got mellow, but their defense sucks. And then dude, what's wrong with you? What, what, what dude, there's still a lot of season left. Calm down. Right. Like you Joe, can't, you're just, you're such a hater, Joe. Yeah. You, like, yeah right, okay. It's, what I right. found is it's just an easy way to dismiss opinions that you don't like, or maybe can't even argue with. You can argue, but you just want to dismiss them. So it's easy to just dismiss as, Oh, you just, I always love that. You're a hater. No, I'm just <laughs> telling it. I calling it like I see it. Like you're right. I hate my team sucking right now. I hate them losing. So therefore, I'm going to let you know about it and what I think should be different. I go through this a lot with the Cowboys, and I feel like Cowboy fans are mm. actually a little bit better with a lot to hate there. Oh, yeah. And I think that Cowboy fans at this point right now root for the bad to happen. <laughs> so that way their head coach can get fired and things can improve. That's one of those things. It's like you see talent, a team and what they could be and them not reaching it. That's frustrating to me. And I say make the changes necessary. Right. You don't see it as like, oh, this team's like all they got to do, man. We're almost there. Yeah, they're gonna, they're probably gonna win the Super Bowl still. Right. Like there's this that fan is is fascinating, but it's like the the, there's a line, um, and it's uh, I forget who said it, but it's 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 a quote, and it's a simple answer that is clear and precise will always have more power than a complex one that is true. That is a good quote. Yeah. Because. This stuff is pretty complex. There's a lot to it. Doesn't mean somebody who's critical is always right or always wrong. It's just an element of, it's just, there's a lot, but it's like the second somebody hears something negative with their team, they, they, they put it in that simple answer. That's clear and precise, which is you're a hater. 
you you just hate them so therefore i don't have to listen to what you're saying that and that's that's that line a simple answer that's clear and precise it's it it that has more power than one that is actually true but there's more to it people people uh, operate that way sports is no different it's, it's crazy all right well anyway um let's get back to the nba uh, i want to talk about this because um this came out a while back, but we haven't had a chance to discuss it here. And we'll just spend a segment. But the NBA is mulling major changes. I mean, like, seismic changes. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that next on The Fan. Prime time with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. Now everybody's chiming in on fandom and hating Andrew and the uh, Pollyanna well, Blazer Bros. Well, I hate him. Bro. You hate Nemec? No, I love Nemec. He is, does a fantastic job. And off air, when he's waiting to do shows and stuff like that, he's a great guy. Good dude. Yeah. I'm glad that he's a part of the Tennessee yeah. the Fan team. Yeah, I am too. As far as fandom goes, I, um, I, it's similar to like parenting. You have some parents that if they get called to the office – and your kid did this and this. What the hell did he do? Okay, he's grounded. I'm making him do chores for it because I want him to do better. I want him to be better. There are some parents who said your kid did this. Well, that that's your fault. That that was you. I mean, well, what what did they say to him? It's never right. the kid's fault. It's never right. what they're doing wrong. It's deflection. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I see very similar with with some fans in sports where it's like, well, yeah. no, it's the refs. The league. Yeah. No one wants to come to a small market team. But again, it it, it that it goes back to the to that quote. A simple answer that's clear and precise will always have more power than a complex one that is true. Yep. As long as you can find that simple, clear and precise answer, you can just hang your hat on that and, and be done with it. Don't have to think. Right? Don't have to listen to the critical parts of it. And people do this all the time. It's we need to stop doing that. Like this is a lot of people are texting in too, uh, that this is this is what's happening in politics. Um and it's it's very true, hundred percent, very true. And that is it's scary, very scary. The other one that I like, the other quote that I like is: "Most of society's arguments are kept alive from failure to acknowledge new ones." I think some of the time, you know, it's like it's good practice to just to just hash it out. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about why the Blazers aren't getting better. Is it? Could it be that Carmelo Anthony just? I mean, every team he plays on is like the wait, what? No, 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 no. You know, like just, just, it doesn't mean you're right or wrong. You're just, you're spitballing. And so you kind of, on that second quote there, most of society's arguments are kept alive from failure to acknowledge new ones. You, you just, you gotta ignore, we, we need to be, have thicker skin about acknowledging new ideas or acknowledging that maybe someone is right, even if it's critical, you know, doesn't mean they are. You know, let's talk it out. Hash it out, bro. So the NBA's uh, mulling major changes for next year. Actually, not next year, 2021. And these would be seismic changes. Um, one is they want to reseed the Final Four once they get there. And I'm sort of indifferent to this one. Um, West teams certainly have a tougher road than East teams. So would reseeding mean that the best two, well, how often are the best, the two best teams going to have the best records? You know what I mean? Like last year, for example, the Blazers, 
they were the worst of the final four, so they would have had to go and play the Bucks. If you if you reseeded, it would have been Milwaukee and Portland, and then Golden State would have played um, Toronto in the other semi, and that was the final. So it's interesting. In this instance, it's just, I guess last year, it would only help the team with the best record. You know, they wouldn't have had, the Bucks wouldn't have had to play Toronto in this in the semis. So this is, somewhat feels like an overreaction to the Rockets Warriors two years ago when the Rockets and Warriors played in the in the West Finals and we all knew it was the final and, and Golden State swept Cleveland. So I'm kind of indifferent to that one. The other one that they want to do, well, there are three changes. The second one is a 30-game in-season tournament. Did you read this? I, I haven't heard the 30 game. I've I've been hearing the, the rumblings of all this tournaments in season and reshaping formats for playoffs and all that. But no, well, I don't know if I've heard this one. They what what they I don't even know what it would look like, but they have some outline of it. And they say that they would offer financial incentives to players and coaches uh, to to be interested in it, because I think the big problem here is that if it's in the regular season and they're eyeing like Thanksgiving to mid-December for this tournament. No, like no one's going to care about this. No one's going to care about the best players aren't going to care. So this idea comes from European soccer and um, they say that they would build it into the normal uh, regular season schedule and it would be pool play with six divisions. So they'd all play each other. And then each winner of each division would move on to a bracket of eight and there would be two wild cards and it would be single elimination. I don't know what the point is, but yeah, that's my question in all this. Why? I don't. Well, I think they just want to make it more exciting. I think part of the reason is they want to drop the regular season. Uh, they 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 want to cut the total number of games down to seventy eight. But it feels like if you had a thirty team tournament in the season, some teams can be playing more games. Yeah, just be playing eighty two anyways. And I don't know why teams would be so would be into winning this tournament. Exactly. It's like, all right, well, is it better than the finals? No. Okay, well, then. Right. Why? 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 Uh, bottom line is the best players will always elect to rest, you know, until April. So I don't know about that one at all. And then the third one is kind of interesting. It's a play-in game for the seven or eight seeds in the playoffs. So it would create an incentive for more teams to try up until the end and not tank. Uh, although I would argue if you really want to get better, you want a lottery pick over a first-round exit as an eight seed because those eight seeds never win. So what they want to do is they want to take the seven, the number seven seed plays the number eight seed. The winner gets the seven seed. This is one game. And then the nine, the team, the team that's ninth in the standings plays number 10, and that loser is out. And then the winner of that game plays the loser of the 7-8 game, and they get the 8 seed. Kind of like a round-robin sort of thing. 9, well, 8, whoever, or the loser's bracket more so, kind of. Well, it's not round-robin, but yeah. it's it's taking four teams and, and, and um, getting it down to two. Which See, this is, I, again, where I'm like, why? This kind of already happens in the last four games of the season anyways. Like, I've I've held the opinion that, at Sometimes. the end of the NBA season, you usually have three to four teams. You've especially had that in the East the last three, four seasons now, where there it usually comes down to the last day, last game or two. You had it a couple seasons ago with the Timberwolves and Nuggets. Yeah, that's L- true. Last game of the year, they were playing that for that awesome. eight seed. Yeah, and that was awesome. So it's also, I mean, I guess you do add that excitement to clinch those final spots, but that excitement is already being built anyways around this 
around that time of year. You're getting close to the playoffs. You're trying to figure out scenarios. Who's going to play who? Yeah, but now the ten, the team that's tenth gets a shot. Well, the team that tenth, that is tenth, is probably like thirty three and forty nine, and probably shouldn't even be in there. <laughs> to be honest, like, well, it doesn't this negate all the work too to get to that point. It kind of feels like Major League Baseball wild card, where it's like you you go all the way and then you tie. And then you have to play one game to get into the tournament. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one either. I don't know about any of those, quite frankly. But the NBA, at least, you know what I like about what the NBA is doing is at least they're thinking about this. They're thinking about evolving. Uh, because, the, look, the NBA is way, the regular season is way too long. These They ride these thoroughbreds. Man, they ride them so hard. It's it's awful. And they got to do something about that. They got to shorten. What they need to do is they need to just shorten the regular season. Look, it's not it's not hard. Everybody says this. It's universal. Shorten the season all the way down to like 50, 60 games, which they'll never do. But make the first round five games. Yep. Make it make. I think make all the rounds five games and you are talking right there. That's all you got to do. The playoffs and get rid of guaranteed long. I think they should get rid of guaranteed contracts. In the NBA, which again, none of these things will ever happen, but um, all right, there's a little hot NBA talk for you guys. Whew. That was hot. Wasn't that hot? I'm I'm sweaty. Mm. Mm. All right, well, we've got one final club uh before uh, I hit vacation, so let's make it count, okay? Let's do it. Uh we'll get to the Beloit College mindset list for the class of 2019. Hot burglar talk and uh more coming up next on the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 